Yo, what's up? Welcome to Wide Receivers on the Rise. Wide Receivers going up for the upcoming season right after the draft. Um, we're all here today. We've already knocked out quarterbacks and running backs. Uh, really glad to have Lucas, Corey, and Danny here today with us. How are you guys doing today? Good. Doing well. I mean, uh, we're talking about the bulls of the wide receiver position. So, uh, you know, bulls are always on the up. Let's go. Fantastic. Danny, you want to go ahead and kick off uh, your first wide receiver that you think is on the rise? For sure. Uh, it's a guy I own in my one, one of my leagues, especially. It's uh, Terry McLaurin, wide receiver from the Washington Redskins. Uh, now, this designation is more so to do with the team's actions it took in the draft rather than changes to the player himself. When I'm looking at it, Washington was long rumored to add a wide receiver to their core as a compliment to Terry, their bonafide wide receiver one. They did add a receiver in the draft. However, they added a fourth round receiver in Antonio Gandy Golden, who more so serves as a big body type target rather than a, a volume uh, taker for Terry McLaurin. So when I look at it, I mean, uh, F1's overall target share isn't going to decline by adding a guy like Antonio Gandy Golden, plain and simple. Uh, but when you actually do start uh, talking about the changes in schematics, Adding Ron Rivera was a big major coaching upgrade for them uh, in terms of him from uh, Jay Gruden. And Carolina's 12 games coached by Rivera, obviously he was fired at week 13 just last season. Uh, the team went 5-7 and seven and averaged 23.3 uh, points per game at a 61% pass-to-run split. After he was fired, so the four games uh, following that, the team averaged uh, 15 points per game their last four games and dropped all four of them. In comparison, the Redskins went 3-13 and 13 last season averaged 6.62 points per game, and had an inferior passer run split at 59.77%. Rivera has also shown a desire to get his uh, top weapons the ball. Shown through his years of coaching, evidence through Steve Smith uh, Sr. in his final years in Carolina, 2014 and 2016 when they had Kelvin Benjamin before he obviously went lazy and turned himself into a fat slob and got kicked out of the league pretty much. And uh, the development of DJ Moore just last season, I mean, he, he broke out young receivers similar to Terry McLaurin, so... Uh, the addition of Rivera makes the Redskins a better overall football team and provides McLaurin the opportunity to improve off of his fantastic rookie season, one in which he uh, had over 900 receiving yards and seven touchdowns in an abysmal offense. So uh, stock's up for Terry McLaurin. I mean, he's a phenomenal player. He's going to be the target hog there. I think <laughs> give me all the Terry in the world. So The thing uh, that's so impressive about Terry McLaurin is that he came out week one. Like not, no, like not yeah. like the like first quarter. Like he came out guns blazing and imagine, Hey, analytics, Twitter. Did you know that he never broke out in college? I just wanted to point that out. He doesn't have a breakout age, so it is possible. Anyway, I'll just um, continue to toot that horn, but not like Terry McLaurin. I fucking love Terry McLaurin. I think his situation, his situation, the, the only thing that worries me a little bit is the quarterbacks. But I mean, you saw like Allen Robinson can produce with Mitch Trubisky like and what's his name? Terry produced last year with like half of Case Keenum, half of Dwayne Haskins. He's already got the connection going back to Ohio State with Dwayne Haskins. And Kyle Allen's not like horrible. I know he's not the greatest quarterback in the world, but even if that were to uh, that situation were to play out, I think Terry's still going to be fine regardless. Obviously, it caps his ceiling a little bit because ideally you'd want him to be with like some gunslinger Fitzpatrick quarterback that's just going to feed him the rock. But Either way, McLaurin's, McLaurin's stock is going up until it goes down, in my opinion. <laughs> Number one, um, any situation that I can have Case Keenum, uh, half of Case Keenum and half of Dwayne Haskins and mutate them into one quarterback, I mean, that's a dream. Like, like geez, I wouldn't invest in that position for the rest of my life. Uh, it's a franchise quarterback right there. I really like Terry McLaurin. Like you said, I mean, the instant, like, right out of the gate uh, production was, was fantastic for him. 
Um, it was way out of, out of left field for kind of basic players, um, dynasty players uh, trying to value wide receivers. I mean, yeah, I remember in my expert league, I never had him go in. He wasn't even a pick in the first three rounds. Like he just wasn't a guy we were expecting to, to be he was for me. And then, yeah. So I know, picked he, him at the two Oh one in my, in my league that eventually folded, but I picked him at the two Oh one. Was full flex. And you know what? You hit yeah. big and Terry McLaurin again, no breakout age. I mean, it, he he is the uh, the dream crusher for the analytics community. So, sure. I mean, the only the only thing I would argue with your statement is that he's a great football player. But you said that he's going to get more production. But they added Antonio Gibson, Gandy Golden, yeah. the rest of the rookie receivers in their second year, Peyton Barber, JD, JD McKissick. So they added a lot. Um, his twenty three percent target share. I I don't think it can like actually go up with all the additions. Gibson's going to get seven to eight opportunities a game. Um, They're not going to take the ball out of McLaurin's hands, dude. Yeah. Well, no. Like, but I'm, I'm like, it, I understand the art. Like, I think if we were talking about Kelvin Harmon right now, that argument applies. But Terry McLaurin's the best player on their offense. Like, they know that. They know yeah. that probably at this point, too. They're like, okay, we're not like just going to give these new guys the targets away from Terry. It's going to come from guys like Harmon and guys like uh, Steven Sims and guys, they're whoever the fuck they have playing tight end right now other than Thad Moss. Jeremy Sprinkle. Yeah, Jeremy Sprinkle. Like, that's, that's when you get those guys involved. I think it's the, it's the he becomes the mouth to feed type of argument that you want to point with. I think he is the mouth to feed. He's by far the best receiver on the team. Well, and yeah, I was gonna I'm, add, not the best. I'm just saying that there's so many mouths there that, like, it might help him if the offense gets better. But I don't think he sees more than a 23% target share type thing. And how good is a 23% target share – on the Redskins like obviously I have him in a lot of leagues and stuff he's super young great dynasty piece but his ceiling is super capped like we saw the ceiling's capped to me because of the quarterback situation not because yeah. of the weapons because like yeah uh, to me his situation reminds me of what Sutton was in last year and what Shark was in last year where there's like there's guys on the team but there's no one like established like Deshaun yeah. Hamilton's a guy like D.D. Westbrook's a guy like they're like okay players but no one's like in the like on the team is in the realm of talent that shark was or that sutton was yeah and i was going to mention sorry uh obviously maybe uh the 23 percent total uh market share that terry mclandon uh terry landed last year sorry i can't believe mclandon <laughs> that terry landed last year uh it may not go up but i mean when you factor in that the pass percentage is going to go up uh naturally here 61 percent versus 59.77 not a lot but it's definitely an increase the not pace of their offense was like one of the worst in the league was, too i was just about to add that the, the pace of the offense is naturally going to get better i mean we saw that uh anything the team well, got, Ron, 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 got worse well, I mean, Ron Rivera added, especially, is a major upgrade, in my opinion, at the coaching position. I mean, he's not the one the, blocking for Dwayne Haskins. Oh, no, yeah, no the, doubt, the fact I mean, that they, I mean, like, the, the, they lost Trent Williams is obviously not a good thing, but I mean, they, they didn't have him last year. And Terry yeah, but I mean, like, is Sheriff going to play? He might hold out. I mean, like, I get it's just going to be, it's a slow <laughs> process. Not gonna, their whole line's going to fucking hold well, out. He's, like, he's in the contract here. <laughs> so, like, I think their whole line will be long. injured in week one, like usual. So, yeah. No, but, man. uh, yeah, no, uh, I mean, again, you factor those things in. I just think that the offense in general, I mean, they, they, that's a team. The Redskins have faced so many injuries on their offense, even over the past four or five years. Like, it seems like every year they have four offensive linemen on IR. Plain and simple. There's a solid so, chance that uh, you're tying yourself to Trevor Lawrence with this pick, too. That, that would be awesome. If, if you I, had, I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised. You think Dwayne Haskins? I think Dwayne Haskins is the perfect quarterback to lead you to the first overall pick. <laughs> <That's fair. laughs> and hypothetically, 
<laughs> hypothetically, say you're getting Terry. This is his floor right now, 900 yards and seven touchdowns. Yeah. Even if he takes a small step and produces 1,008 next year, which is completely, completely in the realm as his floor, in my opinion, simply due to natural progression as a player and in terms of overall uh, volume increase in terms of pass splits. I mean, he does that next year, you're, you're happy. He's going to be a top 20 yeah, receiver. Yeah, top 18 anyway. receiver. Exactly. He's going as the wide receiver 25 right now, 24 off the boards in dynasty drafts. Like, take that value. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, lo- I love me some Terry, but I think you guys have known that if you've been watching the videos. So, uh, let's move on. Of, uh, yeah, speaking of guys that are flying up, uh, that have a really high target share for their offense, uh, a guy with uh, 2% more target share um, than Terry McLaurin, John Brown of your Buffalo Bills, 25% target share. Um, and for a deep ball threat, that's, that's fantastic. Um, yes, just, uh, Stephon Diggs is there. But my main case for that is, listen, coronavirus is going to prevent not only uh, OTAs, um, but practices in general. Um, I think things are really delayed. The rapport between the quarterback and wide receiver is absolutely vital. Um, and it's going to be a challenge for Josh Allen to build that. Uh, so he's going to have John Brown coming in for a second year. Um, John Brown's second year in Arizona was his most um, productive fantasy year. This is his first time um, since that Arizona year, which was uh, three years ago that he's finally getting back onto uh, the second year of an offense. Remember he was in Baltimore for a year, which was uh, a mess because he had 30 less receptions um, in that Baltimore year than he did with Buffalo. Um, Josh Allen just loves himself some John Brown. Uh, the production in, in the air yards that he throws, uh, 3,008 yard air yards um, of 15, uh, 3,000 yards in total, um, 1,700 air yards uh, in completed passes 15 yards or deeper. Um, John Brown and, and Josh Allen have that connection. Uh, sure, the touchdowns were low, uh, 10,000, sorry, 1,000 uh, receiving yards, 72 receptions. So I'm expecting him to still hold a, a good bit of, of the reception total. Um, I think the, the touchdowns may, may stay about where they're at. I don't really see the growth. But, I mean, this is a, this is a wide receiver too, at least in my eyes, because I don't think the, re- the rapport between Diggs and Josh Allen will be there this year. I think you can get him and he can provide value for you at a very, very late pick. I mean, he's sitting around the 11th, 12th round in, in fantasy, uh, in fantasy startup drafts. I mean, that's ridiculous. This is a guy who's, who's clearly at least the wide receiver too with Diggs there. Um, but he's going to get the wide receiver one targets because again, the rapport is there between him and Josh Allen. I really, really love myself, John Brown. He's yeah, a great he's, flex uh, wide receiver too. Like it's, I always play in dynasty leagues that have a lot of flexes and, and redraft as well. But yeah. um, John Brown's the perfect like second, third flex guy. That's going to get you eight to 10 points on like the low end. And then like, if he catches a touchdown, he's getting you 20 points. Like yeah. John, John Brown, he's not going to win you your league. Probably he'll probably, he's not going to lose you your league either though. If, especially if he's like your fourth or fifth or sixth wide receiver based on how late you can get him. And if you're like me and in dynasty leagues, you take running backs and quarterbacks. If it's a super flex league early, uh, you fade the wide receiver position until like the sixth, seventh round. So you just stack up like five of these receivers. And then John Brown's like the fifth one. And and he's, he's going to provide higher value than that fifth. That's just where he's going in drafts. I genuinely believe he's a consistent uh, flex start, uh, especially with it, with him coming into his second year. Again, he never got to build that in Baltimore. He was only there for a year. Um, Again, very productive his second year in, in Arizona. I, I just really – I really back the fact that I, th- I still think John Brown could be maybe even a little bit more productive than he was this year. He had a 
uh, catch average. I mean, so it's right around. I mean, that, that's kind of what you want. You catch like four or five balls a game. You're putting up an incredible fantasy value uh, for, for a flex position. For sure. I mean, uh, John Brown is a very talented player. And uh, in that situation, uh, we've seen it. Josh Allen has been surrounded with high-piece weapons. Don't forget about John Brown. John Brown is a player when he stayed healthy, has proven to be a good NFL receiver. So uh, natural progression, he's going to build a, build more of a rapport with Josh Allen. Obviously, he's the most uh, experienced receiver on that team. Uh, he, built, he built that rapport starting last season. I mean, who's to say he's not going to drop another 1,000 yards this year? I mean, I think he will. He's a good and, player. And, and throw on to the fact that, that Josh Allen had a, had a 4.3 touchdown rate last year, which is 21st in the NFL. So, he, again, that's another year of him growing um maybe a little less uh less running this year maybe maybe more relying on his arm uh I think he'll grow as a as an overall passer um again only six touchdowns for John Brown last year that that can sit right around the same target and still give Stefan Diggs value so I, I really I again John Brown yeah we saw like last year uh receiver with an ego Odell moving teams and then the wide receiver two broke or had a good year with Jarvis Landry so well I think Buffalo is just a lot more stable but I mean I get your point like I think Buffalo, I'd, I'd much rather depend on Diggs. Yeah, McDermott's not, not putting up with shit like that. Yeah. He's going to have to. But, yeah, he's not going to, but he's going to have to. Sure. All right, I can go next. Okay. I have Anthony Miller. Um, Obviously, Taylor Gabriel left the team via free agency, or maybe they cut it. I don't remember, but he's not on the team anymore. Um, In games with Gabriel the last two years, 2018 and 2019, he scored 7.07 points on 24 game sample size. And then without Gabriel, it was 11.14 on a seven-game sample size, both PPR. So, obviously, four points more per game stretched out over 16 games um, or 15 for fantasy. It's about 60 points or 64, whatever way you slice it. 60-point jump in terms of final production is um, probably – I mean, I don't know exactly. I would guess probably 20 spots in fantasy. You added Nick Foles, who he is going to be the starter. They restructured his contract to make moves to go get Ted Ginn. They did not exercise Trubisky's fifth-year option. So Trubisky may start, but the second he throws an interception, it's Nick Foles' job. They don't have any attachment to him next year. Foles will help this offense move forward. I think Komet, although it was a bad pick at the time, will help this offense. Ted Ginn helps Anthony Miller. Darnell Mooney adds competition for Anthony Miller. Jimmy Graham. Ted Ginn on the Bears? Yeah, they signed yesterday they signed when, you, when you're hearing this a couple of days ago. But okay. um, it just helps. Like, the whole offense, like, it got it got better, not as much as we probably wanted it to, but it did get better. Um, we saw last year when Anthony Miller played without Taylor Gabriel. He was really good. Like, Thanksgiving, for example, that three-week stretch over Thanksgiving to right up before the playoffs, he was easily a wide receiver two startable. Um, the number one corners are going to be on Al Robinson. I think he's a good buy. Uh, I didn't pull up his ADP. But he can easily be your flex piece, even in redraft leagues. If uh, Ginn is the three, which I can't imagine Darnell Mooney is going to beat out the veteran in Ted game with no training camps. Do you think the uh, 10 tight ends uh, are going to provide an effect? Like if well, only, only three of them actually play tight end. The only seven just play special teams. But to be in the NFL, you have to have a position. Only uh, one of them is actually good, too. None of them are actually good, but yeah. I like Komet. I think Komet's good. I, I think guess. a 10 tight end set with Mitch Trubisky as the quarterback. Just just like one. Trubisky can play tight end. I was about to say that. Move Trubisky to tight end. And they'd have 11. But yeah, no, I think it's everyone undervalues this offense when they – because at the time, I don't know, it's just a lot of bias. Because last year these guys produced fantasy points for you. It might not be the ceiling of – 
your prize possession, one flex piece wonder you start one week. But that three or four week stretch, I remember I was starting Anthony Miller every week and he was getting me the 12 to 13 and that's all you need. Especially, I'm assuming he's round 10 or later ADP in Dynasty Leagues. Redraft will be even later for sure. I mean, I was a huge fan of Miller coming out. Sorry, I was going to say, I was a huge fan of Miller coming out of college. I mean, when he was coming out, uh, very dynamic talent. Uh, obviously, when he landed with the Bears, I'm like, okay, I have huge expectations. He was a high, uh, high rookie pick. And I wouldn't say he's lived up to it yet, but he's definitely yeah. got the opportunity to really uh, explode this year. I mean, they, they don't have Taylor Gabriel anymore. Obviously, he's a free agent. And there's really a good opportunity for him to get that wide receiver two volume. Uh, so I, I definitely like that designation as uh, a, a bull. So, yeah. Yeah, Miller, to me, if, if Foles takes over, he's going to be a big-time jumper for me. Because I've, I've been on record as saying that I think the Bears are going to be shit this year. Like, absolute dog shit. Like, I think they're going to be horrible. Um, that being said, I think Foles knows how to use his slot receiver better than Trubisky does. Because we saw even – like, Nelson Aguilar was fantasy relevant for a good portion of uh, the time that Foles was the quarterback. And I think Anthony Miller is better than Nelson Aguilar in his sleep. So – uh, Miller is on that trajectory too. He hasn't really shown that much upside yet, but he's definitely progressed in his career. So you could definitely see him taking that third year leap with the, um, departure of Gabriel. So yeah, I, uh, I'll, uh, I'll segue into mine. If anyone else has anything left on Miller, they can just cut me off, but go for it. All right. So this one, I am very passionate about this one. Cause I have a hundred percent ownership of this player, uh, in my three dynasty leagues, I have him in all three. So Devontae Parker, wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins. Your Miami Dolphins. Um, no, just yours. I, I'm really having problems poking holes in Devontae Parker's game. Like, I, I tried to when I was doing this. Aside from the fact that he was injury-prone earlier in his career, I, I don't know what's wrong with him. Like, I, I don't know why people aren't higher on him. Uh, he capitalized on he, – he was on kind of a prove-it deal from uh, the Flores coaching staff uh, last year, and he cashed in. The, in December, I believe it was, they, they – gave him like 40 million uh, uh, contract on a four-year extension. So he's locked up from a contract perspective. He's only 27 years old. So he's still in the prime of his career. Um, he has a very young and accurate quarterback who just came in, uh, who isn't at any pressure to start right away. And I think too, is like a generational talent at quarterback. So that could only help um, Fitzpat or um, Parker long-term. Uh, the offense in general saw some improvements as well. So they, they added two running backs that are capable players. They added a couple O-line additions that should help the offense in general. So that uh, aspect of where we saw in the first couple of year, uh, weeks of the season last year, like the Dolphins looked anemic on offense. I don't think there's a chance that happens again. I think they're going to look better this time. And I think yeah. part of that could have been because of the new coaching staff also. Um, no, here's the big one. Not, no receivers were brought in. Like no one, there was a seventh round pick that they, I don't even remember his name. Um, which exist. basically shows, uh, a high confidence in Parker and Preston Williams and Albert Wilson and whoever else is there. Um, and here's another big thing. He finally stayed healthy because to me, when I watched Parker, and this is probably the, the reason you saw every year, Oh, Devonte Parker's the best thing in camp this year. The, the reason you heard stuff like that is because he was actually good the whole time. He was just getting nagging injuries like hamstrings and ankles and stuff. And sometimes NFL players just learn how to take care of their bodies better. And that, that stuff doesn't bother them as much. You saw it with like guys like Frank Gore and stuff. And um, we, we know he can handle being a number one receiver. Ask the defensive player of the year how he can handle being a number oh, one receiver. Gosh. He made Gilmore look like Gilmore. a little bitch. And that's why Shaq Barrett should have won the defensive player of the year. But I won't get oh. into that. Um, Another thing is Preston Williams might not be ready for the start of the season. So we don't know 
because he tore his ACL, I think it was like week 11 or something. Um, he might not be ready right away. So Parker might be the sole option in that offense. And this is how good Devonte Parker was last year with Fitzpatrick as the quarterback. There was uh, here's the names of the receivers that outscored him from the time he took a, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick took the job from Do- Josh Rosen, uh, Michael Thomas. That's, that's the list. <laughs> that was the only receiver that scored Devonte Parker after that. Right. Yeah, wow. so, okay, and so, one, yeah. one thing I want to mention is he's going as wide receiver 33 in startups right now, 33. He's the reason I wait on receivers. He's the number one receiver this year. Like a top, like I, he's going to be in my top 15 in redraft rankings. I'm going to tell you that right now. Yeah. It's because yeah. everyone gets the whole, like, they think they're going to add a receiver in the draft and they bake that into ADP. They bake fake stuff into ADP. It's like, I don't get why they're not bought in because he's going to – okay, Preston Williams is not going to play at least week one, like at least mm-hmm. week one. Even if he does, it doesn't hurt him that much. Like everyone yeah. knows he's the number he's one gonna target. Get, he's going to get a 30% market share on this team. Like he, he will because, one, Matt Breed is going to get hurt after he gets his 10 touches. And once Jordan Howard gets his 4.5 yards per carry on 15 touches, like <laughs> they have to throw the ball. They're going to throw it to Devontae Parker. Fitz will probably play the first – hopefully 16 games hopefully Fitz this plays the first season let him ride it out bring it to it but we'll see I mean I don't think if it was Jimmy, not a negative yeah not, like if I like maybe if it was a positive Herbert, I'd be a little bit like uh like because I don't think Justin Herbert's nearly as pro ready as some people are as as Tua is so I I don't think Tua coming in hurts him but Fitzpatrick is definitely the type of quarterback that Parker loves because he just chucks it up to him well, the, and he's the, there long term now. So, like, I don't yeah. know what what people are missing on him. I guess you could say the only thing that's like minorly concerning is I think the passing rate's going to go remarkable. I don't. I wouldn't say crazy amount down, but down. You guys got Chan Gailey. He throws the ball all the time. Yeah, I, I think I, the I, running back additions definitely. I think they just help the offense overall. I, I like. There's like. It can't I, I be understated don't... how garbage the Dolphins' running game was last oh, year. Like, I know. There's no way it's that bad again. <laughs> like, average one point six running back. But that's what I'm saying. Like the efficiency will be a little bit better. So like you know, there still be some running aspect. Uh, I'm not. I'm just trying to look at any any negative at all. I injuries back, is the I only thing back. I can think of. Yeah, it's the same I, for I, every I mean, single player. Like yeah, player. and Parker was able to like he actually stayed healthy all year too, and he wasn't on the injury report every week like he was because I owned him. I remember he had if, like a con- I think he got a concussion. And that was it. If if Preston comes back fully healthy, uh, then I'll see some issue. But like outside of that, I mean, I really do believe in Parker this year. Yeah. He sure, okay. Yeah. I'm pulling up. I'm pulling up the past quotes real quick. Okay, the last two seasons he was the coach. I don't know if he was an OC or head coach. It was a 57.41 and a 56.88 pass split. So, like, right in the middle of what usually the averages are. So, it's not that it's, it is pass heavy, but, like, it's, it's about the same as last year pretty much. Plus, run blocking is usually the thing that suffers when you have new pieces on an offensive line, which the Dolphins do. They addressed it, like, a lot in the draft, and they're, they're going to be trying to move shit around to see what works and whatnot. And run blocking is usually the harder thing. I, at least I've found with watching my own team when we add new players, it's run blocking seems off. Um, yeah, like the, to me, the, the running back additions help him because I think it just makes the, the threat of the pass less obvious because everyone knew dolphins were passing last year. Yeah. I mean, when Belage is tugging the rock for 1.6 yards per carry, I mean, how's that helping your pass game at all? If you put Aaron Donald on the defensive line alone and no one else, they, he would have stopped Kalen Belage. If you put oh, Aaron sure. Donald as our running back, he would have been more efficient than you could put me at yeah, running that back. doesn't shock me. I'm pretty sure Aaron Donald actually played running back in high school. Oh, my God. Yeah, How? Just, oh, 
gone. Just let me let me tote the rock, put my head down, I'll fall forward for two yards, and it'll still be better than what Kalen Balazs yeah, giving you guys. One carry get slammed by any defensive tackle in the NFL. <laughs> and I'd still have on. a higher yards per carry than Balage. Yeah. All right, Lucas, send us home. Uh, who's your wide receiver already, going? I already did mine. Yeah, he did his. Anthony Are we good? We're yeah, good. Why was I thinking that? That's all right, guys. We're already we're already killing this outro. So all right. So again, that was uh, wide receiver ups. Uh, if you haven't checked out our quarterback one uh, ups and downs for them, go check that out. Running backs as well. And you know what? Just for you guys, we're gonna do wide receivers going down tomorrow because that's who we are. So we love you. We love you. Yeah. Um, what are you guys' final thoughts on anything? Uh, world advice um if you want to know more about receivers check out the article i wrote uh i added it to the draft guide it's about how i i graded the basically the landing spots of all the receivers that were drafted in the the high uh the first couple rounds it's it, it i went really in depth with it. it it's a lot of fun. it's a fun read so go check that out yeah if you guys couldn't tell what i was doing i was just mimicking the basketball motion because uh you build your receiving core like a basketball team as uh bush would say so <laughs> unless you're the ravens chiefs or 49ers i want to specify that yeah, so all the good yeah. teams in the nfl get our discord follow our twitters if you mind if you don't then don't i'm not gonna put you into that subscribe like comment something Make my day in the comments. Yeah, say, tell Danny to stop flexing his muscles every three seconds. Like, just, just whatever. Whatever you want to comment. You have a fantastic day. Good night. <laughs> yeah, it's just you, but we'll love it.